everybody. I am Adam Azer, and I'm sick as hell, so I, par- I apologize for my crappy voice. I might just let Heath Cummings and Scott White do all the talking. Go for it, guys. I'll talk to you in an hour. Well, you've been sick all season? What do you mean? You said your crappy voice. Uh, uh, that was not nice. It wasn't not nice. nice at all. Wow. I you... just know that if I looked and sounded like you do, everyone here would just assume that I drank from like Friday night <laughs> until last night at midnight. Everybody here would tell you to go home, but I guess I guess that's the downside to working from home. You can't. Uh, you don't get the sim- You don't get the uh, the day the, off. Uh, I don't want you to make me sick, so get out of here. Yeah. Treatment. No, that, that's Does okay. your wife say that to you? No, she won't let, she actually doesn't know this, but I did not sleep in the bed last night. We were, like, she fell asleep and then I went downstairs and slept on the couch. Yeah. Uh, she's not aware of that. I'm gonna get in trouble. She doesn't like when I do that, so. And we get in trouble when I confess to that (laughs) later today. I just was why, very uncomfortable. Why would you confess it? You've already gotten away with it. I don't, we don't keep secrets around here, Heath. You're a bad influence on me. Welcome to the show, everybody. So, we're gonna talk about who we added and dropped. Um, I, yeah, most added, who you added and dropped. Big news, Bryce Harper and Miguel Cabrera, Nolan Arenado, and what do you do with these guys? Obviously you're sitting Harper, but what about the other guys? Uh, some of the weekend standouts, Dallas Keiko hopefully getting back on track and a lot of bullpen stuff. And why don't you lead the way, guys? What was the uh, most interesting, most important, most worthy of an ad thing that you saw from the weekend in fantasy baseball? Yeah, Scott's probably got more of what happened this weekend. I can tell you who I led waiver wire with today. I'd love to hear it. It's two players that we're probably not that excited about over the length of their career, but they are just lava hot right now. Eddie Rosario and Jose Perella. Okay. And Rosario, like, I, I knew that he'd had some good stretches, but like in the month of August, he's just been absurdly hot. In July, he had an 858 OPS. In June, he had an 861 OPS. Very Odubel Herrera like. He doesn't, it doesn't surprise good. me that you're gravitating toward Eddie Rosario. Not a lot of walks, not gonna hit a ton of home runs, but some. Right. And, uh, should hit for a good average. And then Perella, since he started playing, he's averaging 19.6 fantasy points per week. Averaging. Yeah, he's He been hits good. In the middle of the Padres order. He's been on fire since the All-Star break. Both these guys, like, Rosario's 33% owned. Perella's like 21% owned. At the very least, they should both be owned in all Roto Leagues with the expanded rosters. Scott did pick up Rosario in our five outfielder Roto League, right? I did. Yes, I did. Okay. He was not my top outfield ad in that league. He was the second one that went through for me. The top one, I think, was Hoskins. was available. And he's going to be outfield eligible soon, so that'll increase his... Uh, is a, your ability to use him. Although he only has one hit in four games so far, so. Right, you say top one because of the potential. Of sure. Rosario, but we would, if we had to stake our reputation on something, you would guess Rosario is better than Hoskins the rest of the season. Well, Hoskins is in my top ten sleepers for week 20, which begins today, and can't say Rosario is. So, I, I'm going to start Hoskins over Rosario this week. I may end up starting both. I'll have to see how the lineup shakes out. All right. But but that's like your seasons on the line. Who are you starting? You're starting Hoskins. You're starting the guy who's actually hitting the ball. He's batting. 419. I'm going with Rosario. I'm I'm going with Hoskins. Wow. Okay. Four nineteen, five home runs in his last eight games for Eddie Rosario. Is thirty four percent owned. I like Hoskins matchups. I like. I think Ozzy Albie's uh, also is going to get hot this week with four game series at at Colorado. And the reason I paired them is because the recent call-ups who haven't done much, but I like what they've done in terms of plate discipline. Like, it, it's, it doesn't seem like they're overmatched. Okay. Scott, any other, um, big ad drops you want to talk about? Um, let's see here. Who else did I pick up? You picked up a lot of players. I know I did. Quite active. But they're never, they're rarely the most interesting ones. Like, uh, oh, and, and, and the podcast listeners league, the points league. Yeah. I picked up both Mike Clevenger, who had a nice rebound outing after a few shaky ones that included a return trip to the bullpen briefly. 
And I also picked up Mike Fultonevich, who did not have a very good outing this weekend, but I still like the increasing trend of swinging strikes. I also picked up Jordan Montgomery because he looks, now that Tanaka's joined Sabathia on the DL, Jordan Mo- Montgomery seems like he's going to stick around for a while. And we love his percentages. If, if you have the ability to add somebody today still, there are a couple of starting pitchers that I think are interesting. Uh, we talked about Jared Eikhoff last week with two starts, fantastic matchups, and he's got a quality start in four of his last six. He's been better lately. And then Jake Junis is getting what they're calling a spot start tonight in Oakland. But if he's as good as he was in his last start, and that's a big if, as desperate as the Royals are, I wouldn't be surprised if he just sticks. Okay, interesting. Uh, mm, so Junis is barely owned, right? Like 11%. 11% owned. Okay, yeah. His, his numbers at the PCL this year are pretty phenomenal. Like, they would be great even if it wasn't the PCL. And then last start out, he had, what, seven innings? seven, Eight innings, no seven strikeouts, no walks. And like up one two run. hits, too? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that wasn't his first major league start. He had been pretty awful in the majors before then. But, uh, okay, let me pull up the minor league numbers. Right now, Jake Junis at AAA Omaha, 292 ERA, 107 whip, 10.9 strikeouts per nine innings, and that's versus 1.9 walks per nine. So, Very impressive. Okay, so we've covered some players. Eddie Rosario, Jose Perella, Jake Junis, Reese Hoskins. Ozzy Albies has good matchups this week. You can check out Scott's 10 best sleeper hitters. I did pick up Trey Mancini because he is on that list. And it's on that list like every week. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'm going to start him over Jose Bautista. That's going to be the decision I have to make. Bautista's been hot lately, but Bautista has yeah. bad matchups this week. How about this? Would you guys help me make the playoffs, please? I no. need to start a shortstop. Is it going to be in a points league? Is it going to be the dreadful Trevor Story with seven home games or the promising Cattell Marte also with seven games but not in Colorado? Because I did pick uh. up Marte because he's – He's solid, and, he, and he, you know, 12 walks, 18 strikeouts, so he's that's good for a points league. Seven home games for Trevor Story, and that's against the Braves, and who else? Like, he's going to have some the good Cubs. matchups at home, no, too. No, no, not the Cubs. Uh, the, the Brewers. But he he sat yesterday, Trevor Story, and he's been so bad. I don't know if he's going to play. Like, are they – they can't put Pat Valaika in there over him every day, can they? Like – should we be worried no, no. about Trevor Story's playing time at this point? I'm not. Oh, boy. He might only play six games. He's been terrible. I think I might go Marte. Season on the line. Can't I don't know that Trevor I would. Story. I, it, it, it's entirely because the Rockies are at home all week. Yeah. But I don't know that I would. And, um, and look, Nolan Arenado has a bruised hand, so that, I don't know, that's a day-to-day injury, but still – Considering he was removed from the game after getting hit in the hand, it seems like it could sideline him at the start of the week, and so that helps the playing time issue for Story. He's batting yeah, 240. Yeah, I have to decide whether to start Arenado or Miguel Sano. And if Arenado's not in the lineup today, I may just start Sano. Mm, okay, that's mm. that's. I was going to ask you how you approach Arenado. By the way, yeah, Trevor Story batting 240 at home this year with a 306 on base, 419 slugging, and the walk-to-strikeout ratio is just so bad. So I know a lot of owners, this is a huge, huge week. Uh, let's talk about who else you can add and take a look at the most added list. Alex Avila is number one. Obviously, people need catchers. Jared Eikhoff now 66% owned. He's number two. Ty Block is – all right. I know you guys don't really trust him. At Miami, home against Philadelphia. He Like, clearly Stanton's going to homer off of Ty Block. He homers every day now. I'm starting <laughs> Ty Block in one points league. You are? All right. Do you know who you're starting him over, Ty Block? Uh, why don't you go through a little bit more of the most added list, and then I will tell you. Well, how about Reese Hoskins and Eddie Rosario? It's numbers four and five. Denelson Lamette is also sixty percent, sixty-six percent owned, just like Jared Eikhoff. And Lamette has the Phillies and the Nationals, and the Nationals are not a good matchup anymore. Are not a, not a good matchup yet, but they're not as bad as they were without Bryce Harper. Um, and Goodwin hurt his leg yesterday as well. But Michael Taylor is back. Michael Taylor, by the way, we didn't really talk about him, but deep league ad, Michael Taylor, interested? Yeah. Yeah, for deep leagues. I, I think he was overperforming when he was healthy. And so, you know, like I'd rather have Eddie Rosario than him. 
who's still 34% owned, but um, Taylor, I mean, Harper's going to be out a while. I'd, I don't know why we didn't leave the show with this, Adam. Harper, that was, it, it wasn't as bad as feared. He's not going to need season-ending surgery to repair a ligament. We'll probably see him in the postseason, but it wouldn't surprise me if we don't see him much during the regular season. Uh, yeah, well, they said, like, Dusty Baker even said 10 to 14 days, but I think he was just kind of rambling. Like, I don't think he was really giving a time frame for Harper, but yeah, Harper's got the bone bruise in his knee. And yeah, he's, he's going to be out a little while. That was terrifying. Well, he was screaming in pain. There's no way I thought it was just a bone bruise <laughs> yeah. when that happened. Yeah. Uh, well, so, I mean, lucky there. like he clear, like he visibly hyperextended his knee. Like, I don't know why. And, and that was, that was mentioned somewhere before the diagnosis became bone bruise, but like there, there's obviously a hyperextended knee there too. And it's not like a bone bruise is a minor injury. I mean, we've seen players miss months with bone bruises before. I don't think Harper will, but. Okay. I am starting tie block over one start Carlos Rodon at the Dodgers. Wow. One start Taiwan Walker at the Astros. And one start Jason Hamill at the Athletics. Hmm. Hamill was the guy I was going to recommend if you're like desperate for a spot starter. I feel like yeah, I'd rather have two one. start tie block. I don't know, man. That's dangerous. You're playing with fire. Would you do that in a roto league? Yeah. Okay. Marco Estrada's on the most added list. He's got two starts. I'm starting him. Uh, who else? Oh, Dallas Lamette, like I said, Phillies and Nationals. Okay, he's on the most added list. Ronaldo Lopez is 48% owned. He made his 2017 debut on Friday and had a decent start. Six innings, four hits, two runs. It's a pretty good start. Three walks, <laughs> excuse me, three, well, that's gonna happen a lot today. Three walks, six strikeouts, two home runs allowed against Kansas City. Uh, yeah, what do you think about Ronaldo Lopez? He is now 48% owned. Is he a must-own starting pitcher? Pretty close. I'm surprised it's only 48%. I would think 78% would be more appropriate. Maybe even a yep. little higher. I put him in the waiver wire simply because I thought he was too low at 48%. I, 48% sounds like what he should have been maybe before that first start, but when the first start yeah. went well, right. I'm surprised not everyone added him. So would you rather have Mike Fultonevich or Reynaldo Lopez? Lopez, easy. Yeah, I'd rather have Lopez. Okay, would you start a two-start tie block or a one-start Reynaldo Lopez at Texas against Tyson Ross? Block in a points league. Yep. Um, I don't know that I'm ready to start Lopez in a mixed league period, but I know, you know, if he has a good start at Texas, then I probably will be. Tim Beckham. Anybody buying it? Sixty-one percent owned, still on the most added list. <sighs> yeah. Crazy. Whatever. It's yeah. I mean, he's just been crazy hot since joining the Orioles, but I don't. I I look and from from what I've read and from what I can see from you know the 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 peripherals it doesn't strike me as anything more than a hot streak. I'm not seeing anything there that gets me excited. Yeah. Nope. Okay, fair enough. How about Tim Anderson? Another shortstop that's been hitting pretty well lately, but one walk, 18 strikeouts in August. Yeah, he's even worse. Okay. <laughs> Okay, the, he has 11 walks to 118 strikeouts this year. For the year, he's batting 242 with a 649 OPS. Are you? I know Heath. Heath was talking about him last week. Scott, are you buying into Paul DeYoung a little bit more? How did I describe Paul Young initially? Because it's not that. Like, I think he's going to hit for a lot of power for a shortstop. I think Marcus Simeon last year was what I described what how how I described what Paul Young could be, and obviously he's been better than that. I like the way you've removed the duh. From yeah, his name. you drop drop the duh. No duh in Paul DeYoung. <laughs> I'm just saying a Paul Young. Young. No, you just oh. Paul Young. <laughs> I've been calling him Paul Young. That's okay. Paul DeYoung. Sorry. Um, I one of the things I wrote in the waiver wire piece today was I feel like I generally take the longer view especially early in the season with hot streaks and think that guys are, if it's just an average player, eventually he's going to be an average player again. At this time of year, I'm not sure how much that matters. Mm -hmm. yeah. It doesn't matter what he's going to do a month from now. You mm -hmm. need him the next couple weeks. Mm -hmm. I actually dropped 
Domingo Santana for Melky Cabrera in a league yesterday because of that. Oh, okay. Same and then he hit a three-run homer, tough guy. <laughs> he did, but Melky <laughs> Cabrera's been awesome since joining the Royals, and I think his season-long numbers have him inside the top 30 outfielders now, right? Like, if I could have picked up Paul DeYoung, I would start him over Trevor Story. I don't care about Story's match. I think that's fair. 100%. But I had to pick up Cattell Marte, and I will have to make a game-time decision on that. Uh, let's get to the big news. Oh, two two other guys that I added that I wanted to talk about. Aaron Hicks is 64% owned. Didn't have a great weekend, but he faced some some good – he didn't have a bad weekend. He faced some really tough pitching this weekend. Um, he's he's good. I, I, I believe in him. I don't know if he's great, but Aaron Hicks is yeah. – in a categories league, like he'll steal some bases. He also he walks, so I like walks Hicks. Fun, yeah, I picked him up in a ten-team points league this weekend. Oh, okay, one where I lost Harper actually. And so, Rajay uh, Davis, sorry Scott, Rajay Davis. Yeah. Like I mean, he's only steals, and he's probably only going to start twice this week because he only starts against lefties. But that doesn't mean he can't come off the bench and steal a bag. He's got twenty-five steals this year, so I think in a daily categories league. Is is the format I'd really look to add Rajay Davis against a lefty? You start him, and uh, hopefully he steals some bags for you. Uh, you know, batting two thirty seven, but only but twenty five steals. That's what you're getting from Rajay Davis. So the big news: Bryce Harper out with the bone bruise. Nolan Arenado hit by a pitch on the hand. X rays were negative, and he says he's hoping to only miss a couple of games. They haven't ruled out a DL stint for Arenado. But I think, uh, you know, he's gonna, he says he's gonna take a look at the lineups tonight and he's gonna start snow over Arenado if, uh, if he, if Arenado's not in the lineup tonight. Miguel Cabrera left Saturday's game with back tightness. He did not play on Sunday. Are we sitting, he's been bad. Are we sitting Miguel Cabrera? Did you see somebody dropped Miguel yes, Cabrera? Yes, I did. In the 12 team podcast league? Yes. Uh, where I was adding guys like Mike Clevenger <laughs> and Mike Fultonevich? Waiver claim made. <laughs> For Miguel Cabrera. I, you know what's crazy? Because we we were having this discussion last week about how far I, I I should be dropping Miguel Cabrera in my rankings and how I've had a hard time with it. Well, this is like this is one of those where the rubber meets the road moments. I already have Eric Hosmer and Logan Morrison in, in a league where you know there's just the one utility spot, no corner infield spot or anything. I don't know that I want to pick up Miguel Cabrera. Really? There's nobody else. I, I looked at it. I thought about it. Mm. I think I thought I have to. But how long is he just going to sit there on my bench? I mean, those two first basemen have outscored him by a hundred this year. Yeah. No, I, I don't have those guys. <laughs> so I. <laughs> what league was this in? <laughs> the twelve-team podcast league, the head-to-head points oh, league. Yeah, I'm not participating in that league anymore. <laughs> yeah. Now I, I'm I'm putting in a claim for him uh, to drop Trey Mancini because look I mean this will be somebody I could start Mancini this week and then drop him for Miguel Cabrera and or I could drop one of my two shortstops it doesn't matter yeah. but if Cabrera is yeah out if those there, two spots up. weren't blocked if I didn't already have two first basemen for those spots um, then I would absolutely put in a claim for Cabrera so I certainly don't blame you for doing it but kind of tells me I probably should move Cabrera down my rankings even more yeah but, okay but start or sit. It does he, is he in the lineup today? Let's that's say my, no. That's how, how I determine it. All right, okay. Travis Shaw expected to be back on Tuesday. He fouled a couple balls off his foot on Saturday. Wilson Contreras out four to six weeks. Remember we had an email from Wilson Contreras' dad last week that said he should be higher in the rankings or something? Remember that? Was it really email? his dad? No, it wasn't. I'll tell you why, because he didn't spell Wilson with two L's. He spelled <laughs> his name wrong. So Yeah, you'd think his dad would now. Masahiro Tanaka on the DL with shoulder inflammation. Might not be that long. They say they're basically just giving him a rest. Steven Strasburg is going to make a rehab start today and could be activated this weekend. That's that's too risky uh, to start, I think. <clears throat> James Paxton out at least three weeks with a pectoral strain. Colorado called up first baseman Ryan McMahon. Does he matter? Uh, Well, it looked like he might for a, a a couple hours there when we weren't sure if Nolan Arenado had broken his hand, but now that we're sure he hasn't, I'm not sure McMahon's going to play very consistently. Crazy numbers in the minors this year. Definitely a prospect. Okay. And Milwaukee acquired Neil Walker from the Mets. Walker played third base, but that was with Shaw out. So with Shaw back, is this it for Jonathan VR? We are have to, we are going to have to give up on him. Well, he's hitting fairly well right now, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I can't I just, see him playing every day. 
I mean, I don't think they acquired Neil Walker to be a bat off the bench. No, but they could play VR at short, but I, I don't know that they would. No. Uh, yeah, I think their shortstop's better than he is. Yeah, I think so. VR. <laughs> okay, VR. Uh, Walker, value up for Walker? Going to, going to Brewer's place, whatever it's called? Sausage Field? What are they? Sausage Field. <laughs> Miller Park. That's what it is. Sausage Field <laughs> at Miller Park, I believe is the there correct. Way to reference it. <laughs> uh, you moving Walker up in your rankings? A little, maybe. Better offense. Um, better park. I picked him up in Tout Wars. Or Tout maybe Wars. I didn't. I put in a claim for him in Tout Wars. Somebody <laughs> may have beaten, outbid me. I've, I've been so low on Neil Walker that, um, I don't, I don't know that moving him up to put him in a position where I'm trying to add him in any league. Okay. He's been pretty cold since coming back from the DL, but perhaps heating up now. I'd rather uh, have Paul DeYoung or Paul Young, either one. Perella or Walker? <sighs> I didn't get Walker. Uh, I think right now I'd rather have Perella. Yep, me too. Okay. But it's, they're basically same tier, which is, you know, probably not like head to head lineup material, but anything deeper than that. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Houston acquired Tyler Clippard from the White Sox for cash. I don't know who the White Sox closer is. Nobody knows. They don't, they don't either. Juan Manaya? Sure. <laughs> I'm gonna guess it's committee, and there's not going to be many chances anyway. How about Committee's this? not very good. I would start Juan Manaya over Sean Manaya this week. Yeah, I'm not, definitely not starting Sean Manaya. He has imploded. I think he's gonna get skipped. They said he might be getting tired. Uh, Shamanaya, ugh, it's been bad. Glenn Perkins could be back next week. We'll talk about bullpens in a bit. Uh, will Alex Cobb or Blake Snell be two start pitchers this week? Um, I do, well, definitely not Alex Cobb. He's not going to be eligible to come off soon enough. And he might prevent Blake Snell from being that. Though right. I do think Jake Odorizzi is going to be a two start pitcher. Okay, I'm just saying if you if you picked up Blake Snell, I would not bank on him making two starts this week. Right. He is listed as a two-star pitcher. How about Michael Fulmer? Do you expect Fulmer to make two starts this week? Yes. Okay. Should be back today. And DeGrom is also on track to make two starts this week. Um, I want to talk about Dallas Keuchel, but first I want to talk about SeatGeek and your way to get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Fantasy is the promo code on the SeatGeek app. Download that app right now. The Seat Geek app. It is awesome. Every single event I want to go to, first place I'm looking is Seat Geek because even after I've used the promo code Fantasy and I've already gotten my twenty dollars off my first purchase, it's still the best way to save money and save time when I'm looking for tickets. You know, you used to have to go on multiple sites and do the price comparison by yourself, but you don't have to do that anymore. Seat Geek does it for you. It searches multiple ticket sites. It tells you here's the best bang for your buck. It makes it very easy to see on the app on the Seat Geek app. The best values, the big green dots that say these are the tickets you should buy. You can also just sort by price if you want if you're just looking to get into the game. Every purchase is fully guaranteed. You can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. So sports, concerts, comedy, theater, it's all about SeatGeek, people. Download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code FANTASY. That's promo code FANTASY. You're going to get 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase with the promo code FANTASY. Are we cool to start Dallas Keuchel? I won't make this a big, long-winded thing. Dallas Keuchel this week against Oakland. Yeah, I, I said I wanted to see a good start from him before I activated him again, and I think this was unquestionably that. So I'm back on board. In the I'd bullpen. probably start him. Oh, I'm sorry. Heath. Okay, in the bullpen. What the hell is going on with the Angels? <laughs> I think this is the truest thing to a bullpen committee. Or a closer committee that we've ever seen. <laughs> Do they have because three? Because there's not, there, there doesn't even seem to be like, they're all right-handers, right? It's, uh, it's not <laughs> like there's a lefty-righty thing going on. It's just whatever mood strikes Mike Sosha that day. I, I assumed it was Cam Bedrosian, because Cam Bedrosian had gotten too much work recently. That's why, uh, is it Keenan Mart, uh, Keenan Middleton? I think it's Kenyon. Kenyon or Kenyon. Um, that's why he got, I assume that was why he got the save yesterday. Oh he no, didn't. you're right. I skip, I switched the N and the Y around. It probably is Keenan. It's K-E-Y-N-A-N. I'm sorry about that. That's okay. I haven't actually heard it said, so I'm, I'm guessing too. But, um, 
Look, he didn't pitch well. He got the save technically, but three hits in a run. And when he got the save last week or earlier in the week, it was, uh, he gave up a solo home run in that one. So he's technically converted two saves. Neither was particularly impressive. Bedrosian, I think, has gotten two or three saves in between. Two. And, so, and Petit got one. They, they had three saves. They've had uh, yeah. four saves and, in their last four games and three different guys getting them. Yeah. And then I think Parker, uh, what, Blake Parker? Yeah. He, he gone. Well, he, he he during that stretch he was brought into what was going to be a safe situation until the Angels scored a run at the last second. But yeah, he's worked mostly sixth and seventh innings since then. I if look if I had to commit to one Angels reliever, it would be Bedrosian right now. But there's not a lot of confidence behind that. Okay, uh, let's see what else we got. Matt Belial struggled, and then Trevor Hildenberger got a save for the Twins. And like I said, Glenn Perkins is coming back. Uh, but Belial had. Of 14 straight scoreless appearances before blowing a save on Saturday, and I'm surprised he didn't pitch on Sunday, but they gave it to Hildenberger, who's actually got pretty good numbers. Struggling yeah. lately, though. Well, nobody nobody has closer numbers in that bullpen. Granted, Brandon Kinsler didn't either, and he turned out okay. But uh I don't think there's any reason for them to be committed to Belial or anyone else. It's, uh, Belial's still the guy to own there, but it's, it's scraping the bottom of the barrel as far as closers go. How about Luis Garcia for the Phillies? Any, anything there? Anything that was just a random save? I, I think that was a random save. Okay. Hector uh, Neris took the loss on Friday, gave up the home run to Rosario, but he had been pitching pretty well before that. And what day was it that went that, uh, Garcia got the save on Saturday. Uh, Neris yeah. threw only 16 pitches the day before. Yeah, I don't think there's anything there. Yeah, I don't think there's anything there. Sam Dyson got the save on Sunday. I think they're just easing Melanson back, but I wouldn't drop Dyson just yet. I don't know. And uh, Aroldis Chapman. I don't know what's going to happen. I haven't been able to read the stories, uh, but I, I feel like we're not at the point where they're removing him yet. But I'm pretty pissed off at Rollins Chapman. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie, because uh, I DVR, I, I watch, I, I DVR the game. I took a timeout to watch, of course, Game of Thrones, and then I stayed up really, really late to watch the Yankees, and they, uh, they blew it. Thanks to Chapman, he's he's struggling. So, yeah, we'll see what happens there. But I he, think he reminds me of Craig Kimbrell last year, where there's just something a little off there. Yeah, and it's not like. He's a total disaster. It's not like, you know, this is the beginning of the end for Aroldis Chapman. But not throwing many. He, he's had some walk issues recently. It just doesn't seem to be commanding right very well. Well, yesterday, Devers became the first left-handed hitter in six years to homer off Aroldis Chapman. Uh, it was the first home run that Chapman had given up. And Devers hit a 103-mile-per-hour fastball as a pinch hitter. 103 mile per hour fastball for game tying home run. That was a incredible moment for Rafael Devers. All right, that's all I got for the bullpen. Let's talk about some hitters. Double dongers over the weekend. Manuel Margot, Mike Mustakas, Andrew Benintendi is red hot. Jose Abreu, that was nice to see. Justin Turner and Corey Spangenberg. Anything to say about those guys? I uh, kind of regretting moving Benintendi way down my rankings earlier in the week. Nah, I don't blame you. This this came out of nowhere. He got a couple days off, and since then he's been just blistering hot. Benintendi, bunch of steals. And running a lot more. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a game changer if, if that continues. All right. This is, this is par for the course stuff. How about these hitters? First of all, we talked about Rosario. Um, we talked about Tim Anderson. Yoenis Cespedes has hit three home runs in his last five games, so it looks like he might be coming out of it. That's nice. Mikey Matuk. Mikey Matuk, over the last 28 days... Is the number 11 outfielder in points leagues and number 19 in Roto. He's batting 347 with four home runs. He scored 21 runs with one steal. 12 walks, 21 strikeouts, but five doubles, three triples. That helps a lot. Mikey Matuk is 13% owned. Is this something or is this just a random hot streak? My guess is it's a random hot streak. He is making the quality of contact to back it up. The, the BABIP, I think, is about 365 on the year, but his line drive rate, is the kind that would support that kind of bad bit. But I, I think, 
I, I think this is kind of the next hurdle we have to clear in terms of analytics is determining whether he's hot, therefore he's hitting a lot of line drives, as opposed to he hits a lot of line drives, so that's why he's hot, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think at 27, I think he is, Mikey after never really breaking through with the Rays, that there's much here other than just as a hot hand play. Michael Taylor or Mikey Matuk? Heath? Michael Taylor. Okay. Now, Scott, you mentioned analytics. I don't think Derek Jeter is going to get to the bottom of that uh, conundrum. And yesterday, t- tremendous Twitter stuff between the you two and, and uh, Chris. <laughs> so there's a there's a tweet that Derek Jeter is going to de-emphasize analytics with the Marlins and try to you know emphasize good scouting and try to find players that that love the game, play the game the right way. God, I love that stuff. And uh-huh. Chris tweets the Marlins fans never can have nice things. I tweeted at Chris. Do you, you know, do you want the Marlins? Do you want Derek Jeter to succeed with the Marlins, basically, or, or no? I, I think that's what I asked, right and on. he never it's responded. It's, it's an ethical dilemma. I think he would rather root for analytics than his favorite baseball team. That's what I think. But, but the thing is, like, analytics and good players are so wrapped into one. Like, I don't know that you necessarily have to worship at the altar of analytics to not have an analytically sound. To have an analytically sound team, you know, like I, and and the other thing is Derek Jeter's going to be hiring other people. He's not actually going to be making these decisions himself. He's not going to be scouting for the Marlins. He's not going to be making trades for the Marlins, you know. No, but it, well, he might. I mean, he's going to run their baseball department. And furthermore, he's Derek Jeter. What did you expect him to say? I, th- like, I think if he if he decides that they're not going to be that they're going to be like one of the lightest teams on analytics, I. I even I like you've heard me on the podcast. It, I'm not the huge stats guy. I think they're gonna fail if he if decides. It is, but like within that same story, it's like he 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 does value analytics to some degree and will use them some, but he doesn't want to. Um, oh, how's <laughs> how is it worded? He doesn't want to. I use I, them to a fault, basically. <laughs> right, he, which he, I I think some people do. I think some people. Is it possible to have too much analytics? Sure, yeah. I just so, I wouldn't want to be the franchise that has the least. I mean, it's kind of a weird conversation because basic analytics is just information. Like you know, it's it's not dogma. Like it's not, no. you don't have to you don't have to be Mister Analytics guy to value this particular point of data that somebody points out to you. I would you like know? to ask Chris tomorrow, but I'm pretty sure that once Derek Jeter officially takes over, I probably will. Be a bigger Marlins fan than Chris. That is my guess. <laughs> what do you think? Like, I just you know it I better than felt, anyone. And you know, Chris is always going to be like depressed Marlins fan. That's just <laughs> that's just kind of the way he is. But look how like, terrible it is for our team that's won two championships in the last twenty years. Well, my point is they had the worst owner in baseball. Clearly, maybe the worst owner in sports. Like anything's an upgrade from that. Yeah. That's like this. Bad. This. I'm sorry he doesn't talk about baseball the way you do, but. Like, this is good news that you're getting new ownership. Matt Chapman is homered in three straight games for the A's. He's 21% owned. Is he anything more than, is he like, I don't know, Joey Gallo light Matt Chapman? I think he's pretty close to just Joey Gallo. Yeah, does he have serious power? Yeah, he has big power. Um, I don't know. Like, Joey Gallo, Joey Gallo is kind of, uh, oddity a statistical oddity so i don't know that we can go around predicting joey gallo clones left and right um but chapman has power and i don't know that he needs to be on to tw- more than 21 percent of leagues i i actually like matt olsen a little more on the other corner that's who it was it's matt olsen oh i'm an idiot i'm sorry this is so the- matt olsen's homeward in three straight games yeah not matt chapman this is oh and- well i think chapman did have a pretty big it has been on a pretty good power run too, but yeah, Olson's the one who's homered in three straight. You know what that whole thing reminded me of, Adam? What's uh, <laughs> that, that one time know. where you sent out an email to the whole league announcing who made the playoffs in the league that you're the commissioner of, and yeah. then had to correct it a few minutes later when you realized that you told somebody they made the playoffs and they actually didn't? Not exactly my fault. Uh, well, it's it's your job to set the matchups for the playoffs, right? Uh, so yes. <laughs> I read and the playoffs start wrong. today. 
They do. I'm sorry. But no, I really do apologize for the Matt Olson thing. Matt Olson is 6% owned. Um, this is the product of like a very sick person doing work late at night. Um, so Chapman's six percent owned. He's homered in th- in three straight games. Not no Olson. Olson is six percent owned, and he's homered in three straight games. Is everybody clear on which Matt, which Oakland A's Matt we're talking about? Matt, no idea. Matt no Olson. In the worst, Olson doesn't strike. At least in the minors, he didn't strike out nearly as much as Gallo. So I'm not even sure that comparison applies. Okay, Olson is not Gallo, no. but but Chapman he's better might. than Chapman. We'd rather have Olson than Chapman. Yes. All right, and we'd rather have anybody hosting this show other than me. Oh, news and notes. Rich Hill was hit by a pitch in the throat, but he's fine. Russell Martin's on the DL with an oblique strain. Aaron Sanchez could come back out of the bullpen for the Blue Jays. Vince Velasquez may not return this season. Uh, Nick Castellanos could play right field, and that could bring up Jamer Candelario for the Detroit Tigers. Nick Eight- Castellanos is a terrible third baseman. Yeah, that's why they might move him to right. <clears throat> yep. Adrian Gonzalez could be back this week. I'm still curious to see what happens there. Who's going to lose playing time? You, I know you guys are going to say it's Gonzalez, but I don't think that he's just going to be a bench guy for them. I don't know. Should be. He should be. Yeah. Steven votes on a rehab assignment. Brent Analytic. Suter. Analytics. Sorry, that, that was that was in reference to Gonzalez. Oh. Um Brent Suter's on the DL with a strained rotator cuff. Ian Kinsler day to day with a hand injury, and Jed Jerko has missed two straight games. So you're going to want to check on Kinsler. And Jerko. All right, let's talk about the pitchers from over the weekend. Big start from Carlos Carrasco. Probably not much to say about him. I know you guys never lost faith. And his previous start was – his previous two starts were terrible, but the one against the Yankees was a little bit of bad luck. So Carrasco bounces back in a big way. He owns the Rays, I think. Uh, Cole Hamels. Cole Hamels, Dylan Bundy. Let's talk about these two guys. Let's lump them together. Uh, Cole Hamels – not a lot of stri- swinging strikes, but a 260 ERA in his last eight last eight starts. Meanwhile, Dylan Bundy has had two straight 10K games. Four of his last five starts have been very good. They're very different pitchers, but do you have um, complete faith in either Cole Hamels or Dylan Bundy going forward? Bundy's got the Angels again this week? Yeah. I feel pretty good about starting Bundy, especially in a points league. You've got a spot to start him. I feel pretty good about starting both. I don't have complete confidence in either. Hamels seems to have diminished stuff this year, but, you know, has done pretty well with it. And Bundy, Bundy, I'm encouraged because the slider usage has gone back up. That, that slider cutter hybrid that's clearly his best pitch. He's been throwing it the last few starts, kind of like he did in April when he was also very good. So uh, I think Bundy's, at least until that innings limit catches up to him, he's somebody you can use again. Trivia question. Which team is in second place in the wild card race? Currently holds the second AL wild card. The Los Yan- Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Correct. The Yankees are one. The Angels at 61 and 58 are two. Crazy. All those, all those saves. I think there's like eight teams within two games. <laughs> there are one. He has a lot of interest in there this are a lot. race. There more are a than lot. most. Of the Rays, us. the Mariners, lots of teams. Yeah, it's it's just fun. Uh, and, who would you who would you rather own, Eduardo Rodriguez or Dylan Bundy? Bundy, Erod. Sorry, my voice cracked. That was weird. That's all right. Just blame it on me. Uh, Jamison Tyone with a good start at Toronto. He had been pretty bad, but now two good starts in a row for Tyone. You back to trusting him? Let's see if I can or find Jackson Tyone. He's just oh, a guy. T- <laughs> what? He's a jag. He's a jag. <laughs> He's a young jag, so maybe he'll turn into something else. He's got the Cardinals and Adam Wainwright this week. Jamison Tyone. I think he's fine. Yeah. Okay. Most, fine. Most guys are. That's well, fine. He's in my top sixty. And Jeff Samarja, Philadelphia this week. Start him? Yep. Yes. Yeah, that could be a good one. Philly at home. All right, studs being duds. Any concerns about Severino? <laughs> what? What's so funny? It was just, there was, it was a weird weekend in terms of pitchers who we trusted all season, like the biggest breakout pitchers this season, and they just completely melted down. Yeah, Severino still throwing quite hard, but just didn't have good stuff on on Saturday. Got crushed by the Red Sox. Jimmy Nelson gave up ten runs, nine earned, and three and a third against the Reds. That Danny, was the one that got me. I have a lot of Nelson shares. Danny Duffy five runs and six and a third. 
at the White Sox and Michael Waka. Michael Waka really had like nothing. I was I was watching this game. He really uh, did not look very good. And he he had been pretty solid before that. He's at Pittsburgh this week. But any concerns about Severino, Nelson, Duffy, or Waka? Uh, I'm at the point with all these guys where I'm probably starting them again this week. If they another start like that, and I might start getting concerned. Like the thing about Nelson, his after this start, you look at his ERA and WHIP now for the year. He doesn't was it just like, a guy. Yeah, he looks like just a guy. I mean, he has a lot of strikeouts still, but and and we know, you know, if we break it down start by start, he's had so many like amazing ace caliber starts, but he's got this high three ZRA and this whip over one two now because of this stupid start. Yeah, he's better than that. Or he has been. We yeah. hope he's going to keep that up. Yeah, Waka Waka was interesting. That was uh, it reminded me of Tanaka. Remember what I said about Tanaka last week? I said he had nothing. And then they put him on the DL. So fingers crossed that Waka just had a bad start. Uh, studs being studs part two. Studs being duds part two. Jacob Faria, another bad start. He has a 437 ERA since the All-Star break. Sean Manaya, you gotta sit. Charlie Morton had a bad start, but he had a 225 ERA in his previous three starts. Uh, Jose Barrios, I don't think I can trust him anymore. He's got nope. Arizona think, at home. I think he's just worn down. It's quite possible. And uh, John Gray is home against Atlanta this week, and he just, you know, he he actually had been pitching pretty well, but he had a bad start at Miami on Friday. Home against Atlanta this week. So Faria, Manaya, like, can we just say we're not we're not going to start Manaya and Barrios? Yep. All right. I think we can say that. Who does Faria have yeah, this week? Looking that up right now. I mean, this Faria start wasn't that bad. He was actually perfect through four. He's at Toronto. And then allowed five runs in the fifth. I'll probably start him at Toronto. Okay. Charlie Morton. You guys trust him. Yeah, Charlie Morton's fine. Yeah. Great supporting cast. You know, he's not. I don't think his peak is comparable to any of these other four, but he's, he's, what hat like if you put Michael Walker on the Astros, this is what you get, and it's worth starting most of the time. I'm right. kind of surprised Gray's just 85% owned. Well, if, would you well, start him? He has an ERA near five, a whip of like one five. Yeah. Like his numbers are just terrible. And I believe he lines up. If your playoffs don't start this week, but they start next week, I believe John Gray lines up to be a two-start pitcher on the road. Both oh. starts. All right. Well, that's that's encouraging. But how about this week against Atlanta? Are you going to start him? At home, no. Okay. All right. Let's uh, let's look at some studs who are something in between studs and duds. I don't really know what to do with this guy. Like you, you start him every time. There's no question. So I don't know what to say about this guy. But Chris <laughs> Archer is having a little bit of a disappointing season. Three eight four ERA, one point two four WHIP. Still a ton of strikeouts. One hundred ninety seven strikeouts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, it's interesting. So he's got 384 ERA this year, 402 ERA last year. But last year his ERA was three, his FIP was 381. This year it's 317. Hmm. And the numbers look pretty similar. I mean, he's given up fewer home runs this year, more strikeouts, but the walks, the whip is almost identical. So FIP is stupid to me. But, uh, what do you think? Like, what do you think about Chris Archer? and he's given him more hits, right? He's he's been more hittable. No, which... no, the hits per nine I think are almost exactly the same with Archer. Really? Yeah. Well, so I didn't really like, get it. I can t- like it's pretty easy to see. Um, the strikeouts are up a little bit still, seven tenths of a batter per nine, almost almost a batter per nine, and the walks are down just a little bit from three to two point eight. Yeah. And the home runs are way down. Way down, 1.3 to 1.0, yeah. yeah uh, his ex-fip, which normalizes for home runs, last year was 3.41, this year 3.38, so. Oh, well there you go. Well the bottom line is, I think Archer's better than this, and I'm disappointed that he's at 3.84 with a 1.24 whip. I think he's probably a little better than this, yeah, but he's decidedly second tier as far as fantasy pitchers go, I think, and and the the strikeouts are obviously his saving grace. But they're so good. I decidedly second tier for Archer. Interesting. I wish we had more time. This is more of an ad droppy show. But maybe we can come back to that tomorrow. 
Um, Kenta Maeda. Kenta Maeda, uh, with a, you know, not such a great start. And again, did not pitch six innings. <clears throat> Maeda yeah. this week has Detroit on the road. Would you start Kenta Maeda? Probably. The, the fun thing about Maeda is one of his last six starts, he's gone six innings or more, but he's five and oh during that stretch. Yeah. I know. It's crazy. Uh, and then Irvin Santana had a bad start, but his previous two starts were pretty solid. And he's got Arizona at home this week. Do you play matchups with Irvin Santana, or do you just start him? Matchups. Ideally, matchups. There, I'm sure there are some leagues where I just have to start him, but rather play matchups. So this week, you got Santana for one start against Arizona, or Jared Eikhoff with two starts. Who are you going with? Eikhoff, easy. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's talk about fringy starting pitchers. Tell me who you want to own. Mike Fires been bad. Nope. John Lackey been good. 5-0 and with a 3.42 ERA. Kind of Maeda-like. Not going more than five innings usually, but he's winning since mm. the All-Star break, John Lackey. Unless he has two starts or a matchup against the Phillies or Padres or Giants, not really interested. Steven Matz. Ugh. Yolisha Seen, Washington at home this week where he has a 186 ERA. Yolisha Seen. Nah. Nah. Fulton Nevich, 78% owned. Is he um, at Washington? I don't know. Maybe, ooh, maybe at Colorado. Let it's, me find yeah. out. Yeah. Probably not that interested in him. <laughs> no. Regardless. No. Well, let's find out, shall we? Mike Fulton Nevich, 78% owned, is at Colorado. Nope. No thanks. Nope. Uh, Armand Marquez. Marquez has a home start this well, week. Well, he's obviously home. At yeah. Pitching a home start. So no. that's enough for me not to play him. Brewers uh, at home. But he had been six straight quality starts, I think, before a bad start at Miami. Which I feel like there's been a lot of bad starts at Miami no, he was lately. At, he I was, guess uh, Stanton with all those home runs. Oh, he was at Miami. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. So he was at yeah. Miami, and his previous six starts, Marquez had a 295 ERA. So real yeah, highlight. I still like the today. general direction he's trending, but... I'm not ready to start him at Coors Field yet, unless it's like a home-and-away two-start week. Hyunjin Ryu at Detroit. Uh, yeah. I'd rather start him than anyone else that you've given me on this list so far. Fair is, enough. Is Hyunjin Ryu, who's 66% owned, I think he might be a little under-owned. Is he right-handed mm-hmm. Kenta Maeda? Just in terms of, like, they never pitched deep Left-handed into Kenta Maeda? Left-handed. Don't listen to anything I say today. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Olson. So, yeah, Ryu, he's the same as Maeda, you know? Very similar, yes. Gonna get a lot of wins. Except Maeda's 93% owned, Ryu is 66% owned. And I think Ryu has better strikeout potential. Adam Wainwright was armed with, like, absolutely nothing in his start on Friday. I think he was throwing, like, in the 70s. And he, he I mean, knowing how wrong I've been, he's probably throwing 110. But Wainwright gave up one run with no strikeouts on Friday. Last eight starts, he has a 3.50 ERA. He's at Pittsburgh this weekend, uh, this week rather. Wainwright, that 3.50 ERA in those last eight starts, oh, he's five and zero during that. Not convincing to me. I actually dropped him in a 24 team league this weekend. So Wainwright? no, wow. I don't want to start him at Pittsburgh or anybody. All right, now we got Patrick Corbin coming off a great start against the Cubs, but he is at Houston this week as we take a look at fringy starting pitchers part duh. And, yeah, I think this show is probably going to transition a little bit more to week to week than rather than season-long pickups. So I'd like to own Corbin, you know, but I don't know that I'm starting him at Houston this week. It's uh, a funny thing. In our head-to-head auction league, which only has weekly transactions, which I think is one of the worst rules ever invented in fantasy baseball, I tried to pick up Corbin off the waiver wire thinking nobody's going to try to get him this week because he's at Houston because I wanted him for two weeks when the playoffs start, and somebody else got him. I mean, he's been really good with the strikeouts recently. The only thing that's kept the whip kind of inflated, and I guess the ERA too, is a lot of hits, but it seems like bad luck. I mean, we're still – yeah, I probably want to start him this week at Houston, but there are still six weeks after this one. I think think Corbin – uh, he's shown enough upside recently that he's still worth adding. Okay, last 11 starts for Corbin, 355 ERA, 74 hits and 63 and a third, but 71 strikeouts and 14% swinging strike rate. That's huge. Okay, how mm-hmm. about Parker Bridwell? Uh, oh. uh, no? So, I'm so tired of him pitching, though, because, like, 
<laughs> yeah. There's nothing to back it up. So you don't trust them at Baltimore, Parker Bridwell? No. Okay. Ian Kennedy. 44 strikeouts in 72 innings, man. Ian Kennedy had that bounce back start against the White Sox. He's at, he's against Cleveland at home this week. Ian Kennedy. I don't want to. Nope. But I'd rather start, like, the group before, I think he'd only be behind Ryu. And in this group, he'd probably only be behind Corbin, so. I'd rather have Fulton Evich, not this week, than Kennedy. But season long, I'd rather have Fulton Yeah, than going Kennedy. forward, I agree. Fulton Evich at Colorado, not starting him. All right, Jordan Montgomery at Boston. Let me just tell you that last night's start, five and a third, two hits, one run. Uh, very lucky. Very lucky. They hit the crap out of the ball, and the Yankees <laughs> played good defense behind him. And he's been, like, running on fumes, it seems. I don't trust Montgomery at, at Boston this week. No, thanks. I don't trust him at Boston, no, but I was excited at the prospect of him returning because just love the swinging strike rate so much. I'm I'm keeping him around for a two-star week, whether it's next week or the week after. Now, Mike Clevenger is 53% owned, had a great start. Scott talked about him at the start of the show, and he's at Minnesota this week. That one's kind of interesting. And Jose Urena has San Francisco this week at home. Clevenger might be my favorite on this list for this week. Probably, uh, Corbin, yeah. Corbin, Bridwell, Kennedy, Montgomery, Clevenger, and Urena. I think, uh, I think Clevy. Yeah, I think so too. And, like, I don't think he's an open and shut case. Like, oh, look, he's back on track. He's going to be great going forward. Uh, but 10 strikeouts per nine this year. He, he actually isn't great in the other two FIP areas, the walks and the home runs. But if you're only going to be good at one of those three, I want it to be missing bats. Okay, let's look at Fringy Starting Pitchers Part 3 and tell me, if you had to pick up a player, would you pick up Ryu, would you pick up uh, Clevenger, or Reynaldo Lopez, who's 48% owned? I'm going Lopez. Me too. Do you trust any of these guys? R.A. Dickey, Andrew Kashner, and Paul Blackburn? Nope. <clears throat> Dickey's got a 2.22 ERA in his, well, that was nine starts before an even better start. On Sunday. Yeah, he's been really good lately. Ten starts. Well, the strikeouts have even been better than I thought. But, I, like, it would it would be strictly a points league setting because he's still going to give up. He's still, like, he's still vulnerable to giving up a lot of hits. Okay. Andrew Kashner just keeps getting it done. He's got the White Sox this week. 31% owned. Good matchup. Cashner. I really don't understand Kashner. The walk rate, I mean, the ground ball rate is pretty high, but not insanely high. And that's, I think it would have to be insanely high to sustain what he's doing with basically not far off from a one-to-one strikeout-to-walk ratio and still a 332 ERA. All right, in deep leagues, any of these players interest you to have on your squad? Kendall Graveman, James Shields, Austin Pruitt, Chris Stratton. Edwin Jackson, Erasmo Ramirez, Chris Rowley, Ubaldo Jimenez. I think the best pitcher here is Graveman, but I don't know that he needs to be owned in much more than 25% of leagues. He did get a lot of strikeouts yesterday. They were mostly called strikes. I think he had seven swinging strikes. And even when he was good in April, there wasn't a lot of, there wasn't a lot of swing and missing happening. Um, I do own Pruitt in a 24 team league and I just kind of picked him up because I was curious how it would go after seeing what he did at AAA and like he's had three quality starts. So I haven't seen fit to drop him. Haven't cared to start him either and don't really have a lot of faith in him. Okay guys, super quick. Today's matchups. Indians and Red Sox. Trevor Bauer, Rick Porcello. Porcello. Uh, yeah. Jake Odorizzi at Nick Tepish. Raise at Jays. I don't think either. Odorizzi coming off the DL. Nope. He was bad before that. Bad park for him. Rafael Montero at Luis Sessa. Nope. No. Nope. Well, this is a second start back from the DL or Odorizzi. Um, no, neither of those. Ty Block, Adam Conley. Not a, not if it's just a one day thing. No. Asher Wojciechowski. the two start. Right. Reds at Cubs. Wojciechowski and Quintana. Quintana, yes. No Woj. Fulmer at Martin Perez. Uh, I'll roll the dice on Fulmer off the DL. Yep. We're not going to start Tehran or Chad Bettis. Hey, Chad Bettis coming back from testicular cancer. Good luck 
uh, to Chad Bettis, but we're not going to start these guys at Coors Field. How about Colin McHugh at Zach Greinke? I would start both. Yeah. Jake Junis and Jarrell Cotton. Yeah, not for a one-star thing. I might roll the dice with Junis at Oakland. Okay. Jared Eikhoff, Travis Wood, Phillies at Padres. Eikhoff. I don't know that I'd start Eikhoff. Really? Kind of what you were saying about Ty Block. Like, for the two starts with good matchups, fine, but if it's just a one-day thing. But Eikhoff's been pretty good for a couple months now. Yeah, I don't. I don't trust pretty good. Against the Padres, I do. Okay. Boy, the Padres, I'm looking at their... They have scored three runs in... Three or four runs in like seven of their last nine... I don't know. They, they're going to score three runs. <laughs> okay, and uh, Kevin Gosman at Giovanni Gallardo. I'll start Gosman. Yep. Let's read some emails. This is from Joe. Dear Dolph, Kearney, and Jimbo. Heath, who are those three? Dolph, Kearney, and Jimbo. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's honestly like I don't use this word a lot. Although I, I did use it yesterday on Facebook, but uh you're pathetic for not knowing. <laughs> Those okay. are the bullies on The Simpsons, right? Come on. Yeah, the Simpsons. You can't say the Simpsons is overrated. You don't even know who Dolph Kearney and Jimbo are. <laughs> Whatever. CJ <laughs> what do you mean? pretty obscure reference. No, it's yeah. not. I mean they're they're around, but they're not named that. These often. are the most overrated bullies in television history. <laughs> CJ Crone has been on a tear lately. Should I drop Todd Frazier for CJ Crone? Sure. Drop Frazier for anyone. Yes. You can <laughs> drop Frazier just to, for bench. From Michael, I can, I have to drop one relief pitcher. Who do I drop? You're not dropping Chapman, Felipe Rivero, or Doolittle. So, Kinsler or Madsen? Kinsler. Yep. From Blake. My brother-in-law listens to the podcast and heard you, heard you tell my Uncle Carl vomit story, and he played it for Uncle Carl. Uncle Carl now thinks now knows that I think he is a Japanese Ben Stein. It's going to be an awkward Thanksgiving dinner. Remember that story? No, no. That was the one where Uncle Carl was throwing up on the wedding bus ride up the mountains. No. What? How do you not remember this? You uh, sure this was the baseball podcast? It's possible it was the football podcast. But he, like but he was like, definitely on it. Heath was definitely <laughs> on it. I I don't I don't have any recollection of this. All right, now Blake likes our, our Scott does not like this rule, but Blake Blake likes the you can't make a trade if you're mathematically eliminated rule. Can you think of a similar rule in a very playoffless roto league? No. Here's the thing. Like, why do a trade deadline and have this mathematically eliminated rule? It seems like doubling up on the same to, no, to address the same issue. Because some players, some teams get a lot of teams will get mathematically eliminated before the playoffs, before, uh, before like the trade can. deadline. Like teams right. can't before I'm, the trade I'm saying, why not just why not just let the teams that are still in contention keep trading right through the playoffs? They're oh, still in it. All right. Well, that's that's a different option. I, 72% of over 3,000 votes, by the way, said, yes, I like that rule of the, the mathematically eliminated rule. No trades. Uh, Matt from Philadelphia. Dear Hawk, Truman, and Coop. I don't know them. I, I'm just going to say the A-team. 12-team points league. Uh, I picked up Steven Matz, but he's looking for high – he's got a first-round buy. He's looking for high upside guys, pitchers. Reynaldo Lopez, Brent Honeywell, Luke Weaver. Any other names that you would consider? <laughs> uh, Glass now, Tyler Glass now. Okay. Um, what about hmm. Chance Adams? Do you think there's a, a chance? I didn't even think. About I mean, that. I'd rather pick up Jordan Montgomery. Honestly. Okay. Um, I mean, maybe Patrick Corbin. Yeah, maybe. Maybe Jake Junis. Maybe Jake Junis. I was just waiting for somebody else to say it. There you go. And finally, Quincy from New Orleans. Dear Squints, Smalls, and Yeah, Yeah. Heath? That's, uh. No, Heath. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, everybody knows what that is. Oh, come on! You don't know that? I, I know what it, it is. It's not a cartoon. No, no, it's the baseball movie. Say a lot. Yeah. Say a lot. <laughs> Show it to your son. Great movie. Uh, oh, by the I way. Have. Okay, good. Hawk, Truman, and Coop are from Twin Peaks. So this question from Quincy is, uh, rank the following outfielders. Kemp, Domingo Santana, O'Double Herrera, Fowler, and Starling Marte. Oh, double. <laughs> it's an Irish name. 
O apostrophe double. Um, I will rank them. Uh, I actually uh, like Odubo more than Santana right now. So I'll go Herrera, Santana, Fowler. Oh, sorry. Marte has to be first. Marte, Herrera, Santana, Fowler, Kemp. Kemp last. Kemp last. He's not even healthy. He could be back Friday, I think. Maybe that's, that's someone else. supposed to be. Maybe that could be that could be someone else. That completely different sport. Knowing me, but could be uh, Tony Kemp, Matt Kemp, could Oduble, be Kemp. Santana, Fowler, Kemp, Heath. Any changes? Uh, Oduble's obviously the best, right behind Marte. Oh, oh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> then I will go Kemp, Santana, Fowler. Okay. All right, that's it, guys. Thank you for the show. Sorry, I've been so bad. Matt Olson. Bye.